Hi, I'm Jess. I'm Claire. And this is the Clanmel Buskerian Arts Festival podcast. Our first guest today is Liam O'Reilly. He's a local musician, so we're going to ask him some questions. Yep. Okay. Okay. Start off, Liam. Hello. Um, so, Liam, you told us you're a musician. Tell us about your instrument, band, if there is one, and your inspirations. Um, okay, my instrument is the guitar. I play uh, usually a Spanish classical guitar, mm, fair which nice. has nylon strings. Yes. But I used to also play a lot of electric guitar uh, in bands and things like that. So at the moment, I mostly play by myself, actually, which is very sad. <laughs> That's the truth. Do you have a band? Uh, yeah, I do. We do cover gigs with a, a group, a local group called Von Trap. So that's myself and Tom Scanlon playing bass guitar, Anya Hennessy on vocals and Ian Purcell on guitar and vocals. Um, and then for I play a lot of music by myself at things like weddings and at functions mm. and at other gigs and things okay. like that. Yeah. And I would have played in the past with a lot of singers and cello players and string quartets and things like that. Yeah. And some piano players as well. Yeah. Wow, very nice. Yeah. Uh, did you ask me my inspiration there? Yes. My inspirations are... Um, I suppose lots of inspirations. Uh, inspirations would be a lot of the time just the fact that I enjoy playing. Mm. So a lot of people want to know why are you, what are you practicing for or what are you playing at or what's the next thing you're doing. When really it's just if you get to play every day, you enjoy that time you're playing every day. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of inspiring. Who would be your kind of modern inspiration? Who would kind of inspire you? Musically, who you're trying to emulate and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, at the moment. Uh, the last... Not on the guitar, yeah. if I can say that, because maybe oh, can, not yeah. so much. The the last group I heard that were doing something that I thought I'd love to do that, that's what I'd love to be doing, was a group called The Gloaming, an Irish group. And they're kind of fusing really, really, they're really, really A-list trad players, but they're kind of fusing it in with other influences. Very nice. And that's, if, if I could be making original music with other people at the moment, that's yeah. what would be inspiring me. What about classically? Would you have anybody who just jumped to mind? Uh, oh yeah, of course. It's always a lot of Spanish composers um, who are all dead. Uh, <laughs> it's, it can be difficult to have contemporary uh, composer influences. Because yeah, because it's, it's such a grand thing. It's so much of them. It is, yeah. And I suppose a lot of contemporary art music is um, it's kind of challenging to listen to. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's kind of atonal, yeah. and have gone beyond that as well. And I'm pretty simple soul at heart who likes a good strong melody and a rhythm. Mm. And that's not always there now. I mean, I'm being very general now. But yeah. So most of the uh, composers who influence me are, are dead. Yeah. So that's just <laughs> the nicest. So lots of Spanish composers like Isaac Albanitz and um, Moreno Torreba and then South American musicians, street musicians and composers whose music came true into the guitar. Who, what got you into music? Um, I can remember... My parents are not particularly musical, neither of them play an instrument, but there was a record player in the living room when we were younger and quite a lot of records. And I can remember at a young age, I'm the youngest in my family, so there would have been music on quite a lot. Hmm. And I remember even just being excited by the mechanics of pulling back the needle so that the uh, player started rotating and then gently putting down the needle and hearing the crackle. And the first album I can remember being into, which I'm still massively into, is one called Oh Happy Day, which is a kind of um, kind of a Christmas album that I used to put on in September. And I used to wait till September because I was allowed to put it on then. That would go on every night and I'd sing like a lunatic. And then I bought Do the Bartman was my first. Of course. Yeah, that was a single, so that was a small yeah. little EP. 
and had to cover with Bart doing a Mooney on the front. Yeah, I remember. Uh, then I can remember, I shared room with my brother, growing up Brian, who's 10 years older than me. So that must, it was hard for me, it must be yeah. really hard for him. <laughs> He's there listening to Pearl Jam while you're listening to Do The Bar. Well, that's kind of what happened, yeah. We, so the record player went up to our room. So let's say if I was seven, he was 17. Yeah, that's a huge Yeah, so we'd go to bed on a weeknight if we, when we're both still in school, say, and he might put on David Bowie Ooh. or Tom Petty. Oh, very nice. Or see, like, Simple Minds as well. Oh. Um, it was a lot of Bowie and Tom Petty, which suited me fine. Yeah, like, solid so. taste of music. Yeah, well, I can remember, yeah. it sounds like a cliche, but like you might fall asleep listening to something like Space Oddity, Ooh. which was basically like a story anyway. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. That was yeah. like a bedtime story. Yeah. And then I remember, yeah, I got it. I got, my sister's gone into Pearl Jam. And then I remember one trip to Dublin to visit one of my sisters when I was young. And they were, I got a bootleg copy of Nevermind. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... <laughs> Wherever they used to sell bootlegs, Sharp Street or somewhere like that, <laughs> and brought that home and listened Still to Still a plug for bootlegs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one gets cassettes anymore anyway. It was a cassette, it was a tape cassette. So it's legitimate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was, uh, and my mother used to have Elvis on and stuff like that. So I can, it took me a long time to know what I actually liked. You know, I couldn't go into school and say, like, oh, I'm into Simple Minds or something, because mm-hmm. that yeah. wouldn't have been. So I didn't really have my own taste until I was about 15 and I heard the Benz for the first time on CD. Oh. And that was one of the first earlier CDs I heard as well, so I really yeah. liked that. Golden Radiohead. And yeah, that was yeah. it. So that was it then, it was Radiohead and we tried to get our hands on everything we could get, like, yeah. uh, you know, obscure Japanese releases. I remember. B-sides yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. And then Zeppelin. Yeah. And we got the remasters of Zeppelin on oh. cassette. I used to put that on, do my homework. <laughs> So homework used to take about two and a half hours, even if I only had 20 minutes of homework, because remasters was about two and a half hours long. So, yeah. And then I was playing a lot of electric guitar at that time. Yeah. And enjoying playing with other people as well, if you could get a drummer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a long-winded way of saying That was beautiful. That was ideal. So we'll move on to some festival talk now, since mm. it's a... Yeah, it's the, about the Buskin Festival. It's the festival, so How did you hear about the Buskin Festival? Uh, I don't really exactly remember, but the first year it was on, I think possibly it was in the Premier Music Store. I might have been in um, the usual, probably just looking at guitars or whatever. And there was a bit of talk in there about uh, kind of this informal gig idea, you know, that just these really good musicians were just going to be playing really casually around Clomel. Yeah. Uh, and that sounded great to me because everyone tends to complain about the music scene in their hometown and we'd often say, ah, there's no good bands playing around yeah. or, or there's no original music mm-hmm. or, or there's no music on a Tuesday night, you know, these kind of things. So when I heard that, I thought that was a cool idea. So I'm pretty sure it was word of mouth, mm. I'd say it was the first time. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, yeah, a, lot a lot of people, of people like especially people. in the initial days because they didn't have proper advertisement. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's what we're trying to change. But uh, they, because it had the proper cause it was traveling by word of mouth much more so because like we were saying without having to get approached by somebody just being able to do it in the first place kind of makes it more easily accessible as well you know and i think that the word of mouth kind of makes it more organic you know makes it spread better you just mentioned the cause there so like liam would you have been aware of the cause prior or were you aware afterwards no i would have been yeah i think i'd like to think everyone in ireland is certainly aware of the you know um, where this money is cut, like the children's hospital might be in Dublin but you know it's for all sick children in the country yeah. so I would definitely say I was aware of it and I think most people are I hope so 
And then just go back to what you were saying there, Jess, about it spreading by word of mouth and the cause. I can remember, you know, maybe going the first couple of years going in to see some of the informal gigs and pubs and stuff. And fundraising was very casual, you know, maybe a bucket had come in or mm. something like That's that. Idea, but yeah. it, it it seemed to work, you know, and people really it's a cliche as well, but we keep hearing every year that Irish people are like the best at making charitable donations. Yeah. And you could just see it, you know, the music scene in Clamell, I'd say, can be a little bit insular, but once you put a cause, oh, once you put that on the table mm-hmm. as well, everyone is out there, gigs are well attended, yeah. and the informal donations of passing a bucket around, yeah. like, really seem yeah. to work to me anyway. But I would have definitely been aware of the gods before. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think everyone would think that is a good cause, you know, so yes. everyone was happy to mm-hmm. roll in behind yeah. it then. Yeah. Do you think the cause would be an incentive for other bands and musicians to actually come and play the festival? The yeah, cause alone, because yeah. everybody has nearly known someone with somebody in Cromwell. I mm. think that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to think so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, as you say, it's probably affected everybody. So I think once. I was going to say once people have time to come, but you see loads of people making time to come oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, Actually, Monday last year was a big enough deal considering. Yeah, and there's been a lot. Yeah, I would say the cause I'd like to think is incentive enough for a lot of people. Um, I think it's kind of appealing as well, maybe to some musicians to go somewhere and know that it's a little bit different to a festival mm-hmm. where you might have one big stage and yeah. everything is focused on that. There's this idea that you could maybe only play for 40 minutes or something like that, even less maybe or more, you know, depending on who it is. But that before that, you could have seen three gigs and then you go up and do your bit and then you come down and go to three other places and three other three other gigs. I think that's probably quite appealing to musicians who just want to see what's going on. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you surprised by how well Clama has embraced the Muskin Festival? Um, do I need to be diplomatic here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I t- in some ways I am. In some ways I am because... Uh, it is tricky, and I know people who host live music in Clamell, and I know people who play live music, and I know people who go to live music, and I think they'd all agree that it is hard, and I don't think it's just Clamell, but I think it's hard to get people out and about on a weeknight or on an, a kind of a random evening mm. when they could just get home tired from work and say, right, you know, I'm in now, I'm just going to hunker down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Clamell has suffered for that, you know, and musicians in Clamell have often been frustrated. So probably on the one hand, I am a bit surprised that, you know, going that first year and seeing how many people were coming out and supporting it. But then for the reasons we said earlier, I suppose when you think about it, you're less surprised people do want something to do if mm-hmm. it's there. You know, we complain about, you know, there's nothing to do, but if there's something on, you know, you yeah. got to go then. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the fact that people have all been affected by... Uh, you know, the charity that we're supporting, you know, sick children, basically. So, um, surprise in some ways and not in others. Yeah. Yeah. The longer it's gone on, even though it has gotten more and more successful, you think, geez, you know, how can it get better every mm. year? Yeah. Ironically, I'm probably getting less surprised, I'd say. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's established now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we know that people will go out and do it. Yeah. You told us earlier about why you participate in the festival. Do you think the reasoning is the same uh, with the musicians or would it vary? Um, I've only been talking to I wasn't talking to Mundy and I didn't <laughs> ask yeah. See, he's such an open guy he should be on this podcast we want uh, Mundy yeah we want Mundy 
I would say he gave me the shirt actually no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, yeah, I'd say the incentives are the same for everyone. I mean, the incentives are, there's a charitable incentive, and that's brilliant, and that's what gets musicians to play and it gets people to go. But musicians want to play music as well. Yeah. And even though sometimes we're very, very private, we do occasionally want people to listen to us play music. So, yeah. Uh, the in you. If yeah. You're, yeah, if you're given a, a platform, you know, you, you respond to that. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, people are coming for the charitable reason, but they're also coming because they want to play music. So I think every musician has that incentive. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah. 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 And Otherwise. when there's a cause behind it, I think it would give a bit of extra sugar too. Depending on the person. Yeah. You know. Definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, if you just say to some of these people, you know, come down, come down to the town on a random evening and play music for half an hour, I think, you know, they're probably not going to come. Yeah. But if you put the cause on the table with it as well. Yeah. 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 And I've seen some guys who've been here every year, like um, like the Loudest Whisper, for example. I've seen them play electric gigs down in Gleeson's, and I've seen them do more acoustic stuff in St. Mary's Church. I'd say they're probably here every year. And they love playing music, but, you know, they play music enough and for a long enough time that they probably do want a good incentive to go and play now. So yeah. that's the charitable thing is definitely on the table for yeah. those guys. Yeah. 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 We'll move on to our last question of the evening then, if you want to ask. Yeah, what are you currently listening to? Um, it's embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> I'm currently listening Slip to... It. Just a little bit of a personal question, nothing to do with uh, <laughs> I always struggle to answer this. Um, no, what I would say I'm listening to now is the Gloaming, the band I mentioned earlier. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they're mostly Irish musicians. They're not all Irish, but they're, like I said earlier, they're, a lot of them are real superstars on the trad scene, you know. Yerlo Leonard and um, Martin Hayes and Dennis Cal and these guys. And their album, I picked up kind of randomly over Christmas. I had heard about it on the radio and I thought this is something I'd like to check out. And that's, first time I put it on, that hit me like a sledgehammer. So oh, very nice. Yeah, and then I am listening to... Um, you know, this is getting embarrassing now. I'm listening <laughs> to a bit of Beethoven and a bit of Bach. Ah, oh, but if you're classically uh, trained, yeah, you know. uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, every so often, you know, you root out your old stuff. Like I'm not great on the contemporary scene. Yeah, I've been listening to Hosea's album recently. Yes. Yeah, really yeah. enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Maybe yeah. he might come next year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be absolutely incredible. Imagine the crowd yeah. like that would oh be on the streets. The money. That would be yeah. unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. He's based out in England, isn't he? I don't know where he's based now because he's taken off so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's from Wicklow originally, isn't he? Is he? Yep. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. And yeah. the album, it was cool to hear the album because obviously the song, Tape the Church, oh. went massive. Oh, went fire. And thank God I didn't hear that on the radio every day of the week. Yeah. You know, I heard that just through you guys and just through... Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of how I came across yeah. it. It was really exciting to hear yeah. a song. Really exciting. And then to hear, Jesus, an Irish guy doing this and he's yeah. got... Ah, there was a lot of obvious comparisons jumped out immediately, you know, it's, uh, visually and aesthetically, you're kind of thinking, maybe there's a bit of Jeff Buckley here. That's exactly what I thought when I first heard him. Would be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. But it was great to hear the album as well, put on the album and hear that it's he's not a, a one-hit wonder. like. Yeah. Yeah, so no, that's another thing I'm enjoying at the moment. That is probably, between him and the gloaming, that's the most contemporary I've been for about five years. It's so pretty that's... classy as far as contemporary is yeah. concerned. It's yeah, a nice mix. Well, they're Irish as well. I don't know why yeah. I... I haven't gone too far further afield recently. I'm always listening to a lot of blues guys as well. Yeah. 
uh, contemporary wise you're talking Giovanna Massa and guys like that oh, as well and they're still putting things yeah. out regularly so that keeps yeah, going Giovanna yeah. <laughs> Massa does an album every year I'd say. he does about three oh, about just, just, yeah. just touring albums like but no, no I mean that's not exactly stuff you're talking to students about or anything like that oh, no, so no. you're trying to students are coming to me to learn things like they like Hosier and they like um, doing versions of songs that are <laughs> I'm frantically trying to think of contemporary musicians. Yeah. Oh, actually, just in case uh, you do do guitar lessons yes. and contact details as well, you have to give those to us. Oh, we God. put those at the end. Yeah. Um, cool. And also, if you want to even describe what kind of lessons you do, you could do that at the end for because we have any plugs that you'd like to do at oh, the yeah, very okay. end. Yeah. 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 Um, I give guitar lessons locally. And so, so some people are coming to me for classical guitar lessons and they do graded exams and that's kind of rewarding because uh, it's something I'm very passionate about and it's something tangible for them as well, mm-hmm. that they get certificates and they get progress. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people, both children and adults, who come just because they love playing guitar, they love playing music. So, mm. And there's some really, really talented... It's actually... It's, exi- like it's really energising doing a lesson with a couple of people who are enjoying what they're doing and getting mm-hmm. something out of it and are good at what they're doing so actually maybe I was just thinking a cool idea might be sometime in the future to get some of those guys together to play as part of the Bosco Festival would be kind of cool because they're definitely good enough that could be done the only thing they're looking for actually is a platform to perform yep. do you know yeah. yep. they enjoy practicing and they enjoy playing so they'd love to play for people um, also if anyone is watching this and they're in love and they're going to do something crazy like get married then that is something I do quite a lot of playing at weddings. Mm-hmm. So I play for church services, sometimes just solo guitar, which is really nice, effective instrument, or sometimes with singers or string mm-hmm. players, and I also play at uh, champagne receptions and things oh, like that nice. as well. Yeah, oh, yep. that was ideal. Excellent. That's now, awesome. what will you be playing for us? Um, I'm, I'll play... Um, well, I'll play... I guess I, I mentioned uh, kind of Latin American music earlier. Yes, yeah. So I'll play... Uh, a kind of a light piece from Brazil it was by a guy called Pernambuco. Well, that was his street performing name. So he was a typical kind of musician who would have been in Brazil in the early 1900s. Who actually, this is a perfect choice because, in the spirit of the Boscan Festival, he was essentially a busker. Oh, cool. The cool thing is that 100 years later, guitar players all over the world are learning his music by sheet music and playing it for concerts and exams and recitals. <laughs> and actually, he was just a really talented guy yeah. who wrote lovely melodies and just played them on the street. He didn't even write them down, you know. He got emulated onto the big stage. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it happened... Well, he got a certain amount of fame during his lifetime. <laughs> but unfortunately, it was one of those classic posthumous things where a lot of his fame came when he was... Like so many of the people we mentioned today, yeah. he was dead <laughs> when things started looking he got up. Really, really Tesla. <laughs> yeah. So his uh, he he played he busked to support his family, and uh, one of the pieces that I'll play in a few minutes is a nice little piece called "Son de Carillo," which means the sound of bells. So it's a nice little like the title piece of yeah, Brazilian nice. sunny music. I can already picture the bug. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, yeah. We will wheel this so out. Much for your time, mm-hmm. yep. No worries. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was ideal. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Okay.